Hello, hello, Lisa. Hey, what's up? I'm doing good. Glad to have you back this week. Yes, yes. I was off moving, but now things have settled down. So I can take a sigh of of relief, but welcome all of you listeners back to Business Casual. We have an amazing topic today. I think a lot of people can really relate to it. So Miles Formation, I know you got a story behind this. So tell us a little bit about the story and then we'll get into the topic. So the story, uh, it starts with doing something everybody tells you is bad, but sometimes you get to a place in business where you haven't seen a lot of losses and you just think that you're invincible to reality or the norm you start to think you're the exception not the rule and one one at one point in my my uh, cleaning company I did the unthinkable I hired family I'm not gonna say that hiring family all the time is a bad thing I, I do have family that works for me that they do well they do pretty good but I've, I've tested them for a long period of time on small jobs. This particular situation, I brought on um, a family member kind of due to the fact that my aunt was more so like, hey, I really, you know, this person needs a job or really is looking for some work. And it got worse because he asked me if it was possible to give one of his friends a job. And because, you know, my cousin was doing so well, I was like, okay, I'll meet with the guy, let's see. So the guy came, he was... um, He was certified, he had a secret clearance, so I let them stay together. What ultimately ended up happening was that I lost a contract that was connected to 10 contracts. So they were cleaning one of the property management companies that contracted me 10 other office spaces to clean the friend not my cousin which I thank God for this but the friend actually went into the head property management company's office stole a personal check wrote themselves a $4,800 personal check to themselves the next morning once the check cleared I was called into the office they had all of the evidence everything was on video (laughs) and not only did we lose one one contract we lost all 10 that were connected to this situation and it took me two and a half years to develop the business relationship I had with that property management company in order for them to trust me to even get into that position and in less than six months i had lost everything because i did not take the warnings that i saw up front so today's topic is what do you do after you fail um because for me that was such a tremendous blow to my morale because it it had taken so long to put that situation together because situation it wasn't through the government this was like you've seen me work in this community for the past six seven years um i've been trying to get you guys to release these contracts to me i I was showing them how good I, i i did 
And when they finally trusted me, they didn't just give me one or two contracts. They gave me 10 contracts right out the gate. We were doing everything beautifully for them. And it only took one wrench in the in the in the plans to to take a whole situation and make it come crumbling down and down taught me that I could no longer just be laxed as a as an owner because when the chips come falling down it's not the employees that get the the brunt of the situation they might lose a part-time job that means nothing to them me I lost half of my livelihood in one swoop um and it it changed the direct the the direction of where I was going in business from being able to automate my my company and not have to actually go out and clean which I had worked for for like seven eight years to get to that point and to immediately having me to have to jump back in the field and and continue to be a worker after I had risen above that. Um, and so I kind of wanted to ask you, what, was there anything that you ever went through um, where you where you were like, you know what, this was this was a horrible fail, uh, and I want to know what you did after it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm the type of person I do lots of things, and I'm have that very jump out entrepreneurial type of spirit where if something comes to me I want to do it and I'm very impulsive in that way I think that's my probably my ADHD jumping out at me but Mm -hmm. so I've done a lot of things in my life that have not always turned out right in just saying on the theme of, of business anybody who's ever tried to start anything will know, especially when it comes to business, that it's hard. One of the biggest places that I failed at is I didn't do enough research on the front end before I just jumped into it. So I've I've had an LLC before, but I've never had a nonprofit before, ever. One of the very first things that you may, may or may not know, you cannot own a nonprofit. A nonprofit is not owned by you. It is a community organization. There are no shares or stock, so you can't own it. And But you do take on all of the ownership. And so one of the things that I will say with starting it, I did a very similar thing. I don't believe that family is wrong. I do not believe that you can't work with family. A lot of other cultures actually do it, and they do it very well, and that's why they all you look and say, well, how did they do that? It's because they work with family. But in this particular case, I really didn't necessarily work with family, but I worked with friends. And so when you first get started in things, especially when it comes to a nonprofit and you're trying to build up like your board, I pulled in people that cared about me, but they didn't care about my mission. And so over time, things started to go south. Another thing, I always was very big on marketing. I I love marketing and I love the presentation of it all. But you can have the most beautiful thing in the whole world and the infrastructure be crumbling. And so one of the things, like having people that were there just because they were my friends started to sink it. 
And so I had to do a lot of backpedaling and rechanging and shifting directions because if you like, it's a lot different from an LLC uh, because with a nonprofit, you don't, you don't have any income. Like the income is donations. And so if you don't have a board that's really strong and sitting there trying to help you to bring in money, you will start to bleed money. And that's what happened. So over time, I was putting so much money into this organization of my own. I will say that I've learned so much from the process that the way that I kind of overcame the failure was recognizing that sometimes there comes a time where it's okay to let it go. It doesn't always mean that it's a failure. Just because you may have gone down the wrong path or you know, you've gotten people around you doesn't necessarily mean it was a failure. So I had to come to the realization that the people that I had sitting on my board had to go. Now, it's a hard conversation to have because, you know, they've spent time and, you know, they're your friends, but it doesn't have to end the friendship. And so for anybody out there that has gone through something like that, whether it be in business or whether you've gone into a relationship or whatever, just because it doesn't necessarily work out in its current form or it doesn't work out at all, doesn't mean that it wasn't a failure. And so I did learn so much from it that I was able to come out on the other side a lot stronger. And so that's why I don't always believe in the failure thing, because I believe the only time it's a failure if you don't learn anything from it. It's a failure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that because truthfully, you know, even with my situation, it made my company such a much stronger company afterwards because my background check uh, situation got so much more tighter. Um, how I clock my employees became a lot more stricter, but it was all for the betterment of the company going forward. You know, it was it was to the point where I was losing when when they were working with me, I was losing a lot of product. And I was like, where is these where's all of this toilet paper? going? <laughs> like, where's all of this stuff going? And, you know, I realized I'm like, you know what? These guys are they don't take the, the company seriously because they're working with a peer. They don't really look at it as if they were working for General Motors or, you know, Metro or one of these companies. Like they look at it like, oh, this is just for fun and we get paid. And it's like, no, this is a company where we're 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 establishing a a brand. And when I realized they weren't good for my brand, it was way too late. And what that has done for me going forward has taught me don't wait until things are irreversible to make a change. If you see signs, learn to adjust. And if they can't get with the adjustments, then they have to go. And that's just business. You know, it's 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 a hard thing. Like you said, it's hard to have those conversations with somebody when they're depending on this, you know, check or, you know, they're, they're whining and like, come on, cuz, please don't worry about it. It's going to be straight. And it's like, no, like, you don't really realize what you've done. You don't understand the consequences for my life that you just played around with. Sometimes that hard conversation has to happen. It doesn't ruin 
my relationship with my family it just allows me to know what what section and level to keep them in going forward yeah you know yeah and i I agree with that and i think that people need to reevaluate failure because we all need to fail in order to grow. If you never fail, you'll never be stronger because that's how you learn. And so that's when I I hear people say, well, I always, I never lose, I, you know, I always win. And I'm like, well, imagine how much better you could have been had you lost. If you look at everybody who's ever been the best of anything, like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, the reason why they were as great as they were is because they had a setback, a failure, something that pushed them to be 10 times better than they were. Michael Jordan may not have been the Michael Jordan had he gotten picked first, you know? So it was just that he had something to prove because he had that setback and he learned from it. And so I think that failure, it, it's not, like I said, it's not a failure unless you don't do anything with it. If you just fail at it and then you just continue and move on, then that's a problem. I think Steve Harvey said something. I kind of agreed with it, but I, in some ways I differ slightly. So it was a lady who she was talking about, she had a daughter who was in college and the daughter, which a lot of families do, they push people to go to college. Whether they want to be there or not, it's kind of like, you know, you got to go to college. So the mother and mm-hmm. the daughter who was in college for fashion design, the daughter started school and then realized, I want to drop out of school so that I can really focus on fashion. So basically what Steve told her, Steve Harvey told her, was that you should never have, because she wants her daughter to get a plan B. He told her you should never mm-hmm. have a plan B. You should only have a plan A because everybody who's ever had a plan B always had to use it. But if you have a plan A, you are going to stick to it and more likely you're going to achieve it. And he's like, for whatever reason, if things don't work with plan A, you have to create another plan A. There should never be a plan B. And in some ways, I agree with what he says. So if you plan for failure, you're more than likely going to fail. Just... (laughs) That's just, I mean, let's just be honest. If you plan to not succeed, more than likely you're not. But at the same time, you do have to know if you are doing something that is just completely off the rails. So if you keep creating a plan A and the plan A's are not working, it means there's something broken. So you have to look and evaluate what it is that you're doing. So if you keep trying to create a clothing company and the clothing company keeps failing, it's time to reevaluate the clothing idea in the way that you're doing. So so tell me this, how do you know when it's time to move on? How at, like cuz you know they say it's just like that that meme of the guy who's digging 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 and he stops right before the gold I think it's it has to do with you when you're because doing anything that's your dream or anything that's going to take you out of your comfort zone is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be hard you should never give up something because you've had a setback or if it's very very hard when you it's time to reevaluate what you're doing to me this is just this is my opinion is when it starts to be detrimental to you 
So if you're doing something so much where you're starting to have more harm done to you, then it's time to really reevaluate and move on. So, and what I mean is if you're physically drained to the point where you can't function anymore, you're not functioning properly. If you're mentally drained to the point where you cannot function properly, if it is financially draining you to the point where you cannot live properly, it's time to reevaluate the situation because there are times where you do have to let it go. It doesn't have to be forever, but maybe this particular path, maybe that plan A is not the right one. Wow. I mean, that's powerful because I think that sets a clear definition even to our viewership of, hey, if it hasn't gotten so bad that it's changing your life, then you have to stick in there. But if it's getting to a point where you see that your life, your finances are being tackled, your health is being at risk, and you can't spend time with your family to the point where they feel like you're you're gone or you're an absentee father or mother, then you need to reevaluate and say, you know what? At this point, we're at a place point you have to give it up. Like at some point, the best answer is I can't do this anymore. And I think there's a lot of shame that comes in when you think about quitting something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you feel like you're giving up on your dreams when you could be learning to pivot and pivoting isn't a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. And that was one thing that my my sister said to me and she was like you know sometimes there's a difference between what you're supposed to be doing as your profession and a hobby and a lot of people confuse the two and sometimes your hobby can become your profession but you have to learn to really craft and hone in on that hobby before it can become a profession a lot of people just like myself we rush the process and so we don't allow ourselves to grow. We don't allow ourselves to become the best because we just want it to happen. And because we feel like this is our dream. This is my goal. It's just going to happen. And we just set ourselves up for failure. You don't want to do that. So that's why it's always best to know about what it is that you're getting into. And I think that's one of the biggest ways to prevent yourself from going down the that path of failing continuously. So I always tell people to try it. So whatever it is that you wanna do, try it. But just know if you fail, learn from it and try to do it another way where maybe this time it will be more successful. But you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket right at the start. I, you know, I, I think that's where a lot of people, especially in business, fail. Because they just figured, yeah, oh, they this is be all in. Right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my passion. I love doing this. I know that it'll be successful. And it might be. But you have to know that there's going to be a process to it. And that's another reason why I think a lot of people fail. Because they don't realize the process. I don't know if it was the same way for you in starting out in business. That when you first get started, you expect things to happen that don't always happen oh yeah oh yeah I, I had a goal that this this reminds me of when I first started the business I wanted to make ten thousand dollars a month and 
it didn't happen in the time frame that I had set on my paper. But it, I tried not to let it discourage me, you know, because it was like, you know, I made all of these mistakes trying to get to that income level. But I saw progress at least, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like if I would have just been so stuck on, if I don't reach 10,000 by this time, then I'm letting it go. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. It's like, that's the difference between knowing whether you're failing or whether the process is just more than what you anticipated, <laughs> you know, like, because I saw a, a constant uptick in my monthly revenue. It wasn't going as fast as it, as I thought it should. It took years instead of uh, months. Because in the beginning, I thought, well, I'll just do all of this marketing and these contracts will just come through and everything is going to, you know, work out and I'll be able to leave my job instantly. And it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but my monthly income was increasing incrementally. And I had to learn that there was some forms of marketing that I was doing that just wasn't paying off. And then there were other forms that I wasn't concentrating on that paid off way more. And it was like, you know what? It's time to rebalance and recalibrate if I'm going to reach my goal sooner. And without having that time to look at what's what's not going right or what's failing, and then looking at what is going right and what's working, Sometimes we want to stick to the plan or the process that we came up in the beginning to our detriment until it's like, you know what? Something has to fall completely apart for us to realize I need to concentrate on what's winning instead of trying to make what's losing work. Right. And I I agree with that. Um, You know, I'm just going to say this really quickly. So I did say that you have to know when to give things up but I think it goes both ways so like I said if it's detrimental to your health if you know you're completely just to the point where you cannot function it might be a time to to pivot but also as far as rushing the process you have to know when not to give up as well so just like you said sometimes things don't happen when we want them to happen in every success story I've ever heard in my life, it never happened on anyone's time frame, but the time frame that the universe or God or whoever you believe in wants it to happen. So you kind of have to be patient. And like I said, that was my biggest downfall is I rushed the process. It came from all different places. Like I, I would hear things, I would see things on television. Like I know I should be, no. So you just have to know that just because you haven't reached your goal in your head or you are another big thing people do, they model it after somebody else. I see what this person is doing and I should be where they're doing. Don't do that either. Just because you didn't hit what they hit or what you thought you should hit doesn't mean that it was a failure. If you continue to see, like you say, growth and you are growing and learning continuously year over year or month over month, it's a success. So I really want everybody to just reevaluate their situation. Failure does not have to be a bad thing. And just because you're not where you want to be doesn't mean it's a failure. Wow. That's that's a great bow to tie on to the end of this 
podcast. Um, is there any anything uh, else that you want to throw in there? No, I, I just want people, it's a new year coming up. So if you have a dream and you want to go after it, just go after it. But know that things may not always come when you want them. When you want it. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to Business Casual. This has been Miles Brown with Lisa Winnie. And we just want to invite you back again. Thank you so much. Peace.